let's talk about oppression. Here's just four of the many signs that you're being oppressed by the devil. So there's a couple reasons why you're being oppressed by the devil. Number one, because you're a Christian, because you believe in Jesus Christ. That automatically makes you an enemy of hell. They're coming after you. You don't have a choice. That's why when you get saved, you better get so saved. You better get so saved and so in love with Jesus that when the devil comes after you, you've got a testimony to throw back at him and cast him down. Number one, because you're a Christian. Number two, because we do things that open the door to him. If the Holy Spirit lives within us, we should feel conviction. If I can watch pornography and not feel convicted, something's wrong. Four signs you're under attack. Your worship is dead and the word does not come alive to you anymore. It's not that you're in sin. There's a good chance you're not in sin. You're just being oppressed. You're under attack by the enemy and he's blocking life from flowing into your soul. Uh, we've told the story here back in the early 1900s, I think it was. Um, H.A. Baker, he was the father-in-law of Heidi Baker. Him and his wife were running an orphanage in China and revival came to the orphanage. And these little kids would be in a prayer meeting and they would see one of the kids starting to doze off. Even though he had just got a good night's sleep and they'd only been in the, the prayer meeting for half an hour. And the kid, God opened his eyes to see a little demon standing beside that kid saying, man, you're so tired. All you've done for two weeks is just pray and worship and read the Bible. You're just so tired. Even a good night's sleep isn't enough. And that kid would get up and go to the other kid and rebuke that demon and it would leave and the kid would wake up and just feel so refreshed. That child was under the influence of a demon. It's oppression and we all come under it. And the best way to recognize that you're under a spiritual attack is to be familiar with the Holy Spirit. If you've been in His presence and you've rested and you know what it is to experience the peace of God, that is reality. When chaos comes, when turmoil comes, when unrest comes, that's a sure sign that the enemy's around you. Years ago, I walked into a church and the, and the worship team was doing their thing and a lady said, oh, pastor, we're so glad you're here. We need to cast the devil out. And I said, well, who let him in? It wasn't the devil, it was flesh. It was people that didn't want to humble themselves and it was making place for the devil. And the only way that I recognized it and they didn't was because I had spent two hours with the Lord that morning and my soul was sensitive to His presence. They came in seeking His presence but began to, to battle against each other over who was going to lead worship, who gets to play keyboards and all that. And the enemy was like, woohoo, I'm here. So again, the best way to know you're under attack is get in the presence of the Lord. 
and when you experience the peace that surpasses all understanding, remember what that peace feels like. Because even in the midst of chaos and turmoil, you should still be able to have that peace. And when you've got that peace, no matter what's going on, you can tell the devil, I'm busy here and you're a distraction. You're getting in my way. I'm tired of messing with you. Get out. And he has to obey. He has to obey. Listen to me. When you command the devil, he has to obey. He does not have a choice. Stop giving him a choice. Stop thinking this is my thorn in the flesh. God did not call you to suffer under demons. He called you to rise above them because someday you will judge them. And even now, I release the blood of Jesus on every demon that would try to come in this room. Your judgment has come because His blood is shed. You're free and this is your calling. This is the covenant that our Father has given to us. And I will not settle for second best. I'm tired of religion controlling the body of Christ in this county. I'm sick of it. And I will speak up. I don't have to go in their buildings. But when they tell me, come pray with us, y'all aren't praying, you're eating bologna sandwiches. I don't want to pray with you. When they demand that I read the King James Version, you can keep your version. I read the King James more than you do. I don't want to hear it. It's intimidation and it's religious demons and we've sat in the pews long enough. God is rising in this county and Jesus is coming and He's going to make some changes. And it's not... He's not coming to judge our brothers and sisters. He's coming to set them free. But they're only going to be free as we get free. If Jesus was bound, He would have given away His authority. But he got up early every morning and he made sure before I go out there, I will be free. And sin will hold you captive. So we're going to talk about how to get free and how to set others free. When you're under oppression, worship just goes nowhere. The word just doesn't come alive to you anymore. Condemnation is one of the biggest that the enemy comes at you with. He'll bring up things that you did 25 years ago and you think, well, this is why all those prophetic words haven't come to pass. This is why I'm not getting victory because of something I did 25 years ago. And then he loves to play this one. Well, it's not you. God forgave you. But your great, great, great grandfather committed a sin and now you're paying the price for it. That's a lie from hell. To the third and the fourth generation, okay, that's in the Scripture, but it stops right here and I'm drawing a line with the blood. And now, I will receive the blessings of God and it'll flow down to my children. Right? How about hopelessness? That's oppression. And it's a lie from the devil. Here's a little pointer. Start paying attention to your dreams. Here's three primary things that your dreams will reveal. Number one, God. 
God will show you who he is and what he's doing in dreams. Number two, the devil. God will warn you in dreams when an attack is coming. He will. I think it's eight or ten times in the first three chapters of the book of Matthew, God warned his people in dreams about what the devil was doing, and he's not stopped doing it. In dreams, God will show you himself, he'll show you what the devil's doing, and then he'll show you yourself. If there's something wrong with your soul, he'll show you in a dream. And he's not showing you to bring judgment on you, he's showing you so that you can let the blood wash you and set you free. It's going to happen tonight. I'm telling you, people are going to get free in here tonight. Another thing the devil will try to do is convince you that you're possessed. This isn't just an oppression that you can get rid of the devil. You're possessed and you're going to have to live with it. That's a lie. So here's what you do for yourself. Really, once a month, I go through a whole list of things that can give place to the devil. And here's how it starts. It starts with a thought and then becomes an emotion. And then I, when I buy into it, it gives place to the devil. A bad thought is not a sin. All right? Paul was not living in sin. He was pulling down these thoughts and imaginations. Just because you have bad thoughts doesn't necessarily mean you're possessed. It could be you're just oppressed. It could be just the flesh is tired of suffering for the kingdom and you want a day off. Take it. And just go spend time with Jesus. Tell your wife you'll be back tomorrow. You love her. And ladies, give him the freedom to do it. The first thing you need to get free from a demonic attack, you need a clear conscience. If we humble ourselves to Him and ask His forgiveness, guess what? He is faithful. He is just. Now I'm going to tell you, He's the accuser of the brethren. Satan is a very good attorney. He can set evidence before the judge and he can nail you. And the last thing I need to do is tell the Lord, well, the circumstances, the way that they were, this is how it happened and this is why I did this. Forget all that. You're not going to talk your way out of it. All I can do is ask the judge for mercy and ask him for forgiveness. And the judge will look at his son Jesus and say, you paid the price for his sin. And the devil will say, yeah, but he's been saved 25 years. He should know better. Jesus paid the price for his sin. And then Jesus will take the evidence that's on that table against you and he will carry it out of the courtroom. And the judge will look at your accuser and say, where is the evidence? If there is no evidence, there is no case. And all I had to do was humble myself and ask him, Lord, forgive me. Demons are aware of the sin that we partake in. 
We just need to make them aware I'm washed in the blood. And get over it and move on. Get over it and move on. Just because you sin and even repeat it a couple times does not make you a sinner. If the Holy Spirit lives within you, when you sin, He doesn't leave you. He still lives inside of you. He still lives inside of you. You can't get born again, born again, and born again. You get born again once. The Holy Spirit takes up residence in you. You've now got the DNA of God. When you sin, the Holy Spirit does not leave you. He doesn't. I know what they've told you. They told me the same thing. He still dwells within you. Now he's being smothered by your sin, but he still lives within you. You don't have to get born again again. You just have to get right with Jesus and let Him heal your mind, heal your heart, submit your will, and walk in authority. It's that easy. Innocence is what we're looking for. Innocence equals authority. Innocence equals authority. If you ask God to forgive you and you still don't feel like you're forgiven, then go and ask again and keep asking until it's done. And shout it from the rooftops if you have to until you know I am forgiven. Because once you know that, you have authority and the devil knows he has no ground from now on. Alright, I want everybody in here to repeat this. I want to be free. I want to be free. Very good. Second, I want you to say this. Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. All right, everybody. Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. Here's two reasons I want you all to say that. Number one, because it sets your soul free. And number two, it punches the devil right in the face. When God came in the flesh, it was the greatest sign ever that judgment is coming to hell. Next, who do you need to forgive? Who do you need to forgive? Okay, we don't have 20 years for counseling. Forget that. Jesus is coming back tonight. You don't have 20 years. How do I forgive? Choose. I can choose to stay here, or right now I can walk out, get in my car, and leave. It's a choice. I don't even have to feel it. Well, what do you feel like doing? Who cares? That doesn't matter. I can still make a choice. It's not about feelings. Unforgiveness is this. Lord, this is difficult, but I forgive. I forgive them. Just as much as God has forgiven me, I forgive them. And just as much as your forgiveness has brought blessings to me, I bless them. I don't mean it. 
but I'm at least going to choose to say it. It might take a while. Lord, you know what they did to me. But my forgiveness of them is a choice that I make right now. And I'll keep blessing them until I feel like it. Until it wells up within me. Until I weep for them. Until I pray God's blessings in their life. They're Christians. I have to spend all eternity with them. I'm going to bless them while I have a chance. Really, if you don't forgive them, God's going to make them your neighbor for a thousand years. And you're going to dread every neighborhood party. Forgive them. It's just a choice. When you forgive, you have just struck 10,000 demons down. But I didn't say his name. You didn't have to. You forgave those who trespassed against you. Next is the blood. I've been up against some pretty tough demons. I've never had one that can stand up to the blood. We had a doctor come by here a few years ago. And he said, I'm possessed. I said, how do you know? He said, trust me. I said, well, let's find out. So we came in here and we sat down. I sat down beside him. I said, let's just worship Jesus. And he did it. He just worshiped. And then I asked him, I said, Doc, can I hold your hand? He said, sure. I just held his hand. I said, now let's just thank the Father for the blood. And man, it wasn't five seconds. That guy, he was possessed. He was possessed. We cast six demons out of that man. And when we were done, he sat there and he wept because the love of God filled him. And I said, what's changed, doctor? He said, it's my voice that I hear now. He said, for years, it wasn't my voice. And he said, I just wanted to live my life helping people and I needed help myself. And occasionally, he lets me know he's still around. He's moved, uh, I think, down toward Raleigh. But he's free. He would sit there and worship Jesus. But as soon as we started to thank the Father for the blood, that's when the demon said, it's, it's time to go. See you. Most of what we call deliverance ministry is really just inner healing, which is really mostly discipleship. All right, people, if, if someone's possessed, they don't need inner healing. They need deliverance. And then inner healing right behind it. Inner healing is this. Once you're free, shut the doors and shut the windows and let the Holy Spirit sit in your recliner so when the enemy comes back and looks in the window, he knows I can't come back. So next, the name of Jesus. I absolutely love just speaking the name of Jesus and knowing that he's taken the head off of demons. 
Jesus is the judgment against hell. Use that name. There's so much about you to adore.